0: Hi, and welcome to The Climate Cheesecake. I'm Rachel, a sustainability professional who has worked in academia, eco-consultancies, aquaculture, and now most recently, in carbon markets. The Climate Cheesecake is brought to you by The Cheesecake Collective and powered by Artwave Studio. If you like our content, please subscribe and give us a positive review on the platform of your choice. <laughs> I had a really, really good lunch today. My iron pangang was damn... Nice and moist and juicy. Oh. What do you eat for lunch? Uh, so I also chicken rice. Why do you like chicken? Uh? I don't know. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel a bit bad, to be honest, eating chicken. Cause Why? Do you remember the chicken shortage last month? Last month? Isn't it still happening now? It's still happening. But I started uh, last month, right? Okay, yeah. I wasn't actually in Singapore. But do you do you face like a, like a, oh, my chicken rice store stopped stop selling chicken rice or anything?
1: Yeah, I saw some mothership. Oh my god, I saw this mothership video that like this guy was trying to get chicken because he couldn't get chicken anywhere. So he was yeah. asking like, oh, if you would have said it to me now,
0: I'll pay like double. Was you see from like the web, he will willingly buy chicken from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's how desperate people were, right? So for those tuning in, if you need a refresher, what happened was last month, Malaysia actually blocked the export of chickens to stabilize their domestic supply. And for context, Singapore actually imports most of its live chickens from Malaysia and the number goes up to about like 3.6 million each month. It's a lot. It's Mm. honestly a lot. And so like for vendors like um, who rely on live chickens for, you know, they want fresh, fresh ingredients, right, for their food, for consumers like you and me, who basically enjoy these fresh chickens, it was a huge deal, because, like, mm. they couldn't find the chickens they want, and then the prices was increasing, because everybody's just like, I want my chicken, you know? Yeah. 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 And I think, like, why I wonder to bring this up, because I think it's an interesting topic or an interesting event to look at, because there is a, a climate element to all of this and and so I want to dive a bit deeper into the why. Mm. Do you know why there was the ban in the first place or why there was this, you know, this chicken shortage incident?
1: People were saying that it was because of like conflict between like Ukraine and Russia. Mm, mm, yeah. There was just a lot of that yeah. but I didn't get what was going on.
0: But yes, it was mostly mostly because due, due to the Russian-Ukraine war because it blocked off supply for wheat and then chicken feed costs rose and then so overall production costs for chicken uh, went up. But there was also a disease element, a disease outbreak element to it and um, what's interesting for our conversation today a climate element because they were changing weather conditions and so farmers were saying that they're like very very hot temperatures and then very very cold and then your old and young chickens will need different care for that they like try to put blankets or like try to like open mm. up the the yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> seriously I heard about that or like they try to open up the area more like if or like try to put less chickens in one one area if it's too hot all that kind of stuff but it, keeps, it kept changing so it's hard for them to regulate and I think something that's interesting is also the hens actually lay fewer eggs in hot. Hot weather, so they also also uh, adjusted, you know, the 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 supply of that in in ways, and it's not just um, Malaysia. Actually, it's what's interesting. Like you say, right? It's it's not just last month; it's happening now. And I think another big thing that's happening now is that India is actually um, uh, experiencing this like really really bad. Wow, it's 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 very sad to me. They at first they had like rising temperatures as we all do, and then they had changing rainfall. And then right now they're having a heat wave that lasted oh. from like March to May. Yeah, it's it's been quite bad because and and I think scientists are saying this. I want this. It's it's remarkable because we're in the La Nina. Um, uh, cycle right now, which means it's not supposed to be that hot. Doesn't mean that hot events doesn't happen, but this is like the hottest that they have ever seen since mm. like 1901. So the 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 scale of this is is on a level that honestly we knew will come, and and it's here, You know, yeah. And so for India, the heat when the heat wave came, it actually came towards the end end of their cycle. It was nearing harvest already. And then a lot of the wheat crops basically like didn't survive. And now mm. India has a wheat ban on it. And I know it affected other other fruits as well. You were saying it affected mangoes, right? That yeah, we were I was sad. so sad Yeah. he
1: was affected mangoes. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's, it's like things that we care about. So there's mangoes. I know there's mangoes. There's guava. There's chili. And there's like sugarcane as well. All this crop are like being affected. And it's like not just our food and it's people's nutrition, right? Mm. So... I think the nice thing to lead in here is to understand sort of like what the overall theme is here, you know that that climate change threatens food security, you know, and yeah. I think when you read like the IPCC reports, you will they will they actually outline all the different ways climate change will affect not just uh, like different type of crop production and all that kind of stuff. So climate change is not just rising temperatures, it's also this erratic weather changes that that farmers won't know how to. To manage it, you know, because you won't know how it's going to change the next day, and it's like, and if anybody has grown food before, they know it's not that easy to like. Okay, today I do this, then suddenly I change this. It's 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 hard work, and and it doesn't always work because weather overpowers you, overpowers yeah. you, right? My God, it's yeah. true. Um.
1: I went home the other day, because like, it it's been very hot in Singapore now. so, mm. And then I was looking at my plants, and the leaf turned black, you know, like, it was just like chowta, like, so it was just burnt. <laughs> like, yeah. I was trying to grow, what's that, is it basil? Oh uh, yeah, some, one yeah, of the, yeah. I, I really cannot grow things. Yes. So I came back, and then the thing was like, just completely burnt, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this weather is barely like 40. Not even 40 degrees, like 37. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't even keep it alive. But
0: you know, in Singapore, honestly, my friends been saying that their nighttime temperatures have gone up. Like, up. It yeah. used to be like kind of cool. It's so But now hot. it's like, I wake up and I have, I must shower. <laughs> yeah, I go yeah, over, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's, it's happening now, lo, as, as, as you would say, it's happening now. And I think the, the nice thing, I wouldn't say like I'm thankful for it. But I'm kind of thankful for it in a mm. very weird way because I think weather changes like like maybe if the hot the weather is getting very hot and then we are like having to 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 go into aircon rooms more that kind of stuff we can kind of forget about it because we can find instant relief by mm. just going to an aircon mm. room or just going to shower. But when it comes to our food, when we get affected, I think be- Singaporeans will not let that go well, that yeah. easily. You know, so. So I think it's it's important for us to really understand that and recognize that like these threats are like really not going away. It's like just mm. it's here and it's and it's going to get worse. And I don't think we can imagine how it's going to get. It, I can't visualize it. Can you? I cannot. I really yeah. cannot. I Hon- yeah. Honestly, even the
1: first time when when we were discussing this topic, right? Yeah. I totally forgot that hot weather will affect the food of the chickens. Yeah. Like to me, it's just okay. It's gonna get hot, but I'm still gonna get chicken
0: exactly the chicken can survive hot weather right like i can survive hot hot weather you can have cooling systems
1: but then i forget that like okay they actually eat like wheat or like grain
0: correct and i think that's the complicated thing about food right because it's not just climate is a huge 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 element in all of this but there are like all this like like trade and economics Mm. that and and that's all that's all happening here and it's a scale that we cannot understand because it is it will happen very very too real too close to home Mm. and it's like food moving from one country to another, it's understanding food that's being grown in a place that you've probably never never even been before. Mm. Most of us have never grown food before and I always think it's quite big. Um, yeah,
1: but even so, right, yeah. like, as much as, so we talk a lot about food security, mm. but as a Singaporean person, I don't think I've even felt the chicken shortage when it happened like yeah. everyone was complaining oh my god where am I gonna get my chicken mm. rice or whatever right yeah. but the next day I went downstairs there and then was there chicken was chicken slum. rice yeah. and there was a long queue at the chicken rice list that I visit yeah. and then in the shopping malls okay maybe there was some panic buy mm. that resulted mm. in a lot of frozen chicken like mm being bought but frozen chicken was never the problem it was just live chicken and there was still chicken available in some places yeah so i didn't feel the chicken shortage and it's almost as though the new cycle like you hear about the chicken shortage for a while mm. and then suddenly you don't hear about it yes. anymore. It was
0: it went away very quickly. It was like, it, was, it just came out as a joke, you know? Like, yeah, don't, it felt don't, like a prank. Yeah, exactly. And then suddenly, but life life never really changed, to be fair. Yeah, Only so, those yeah. who, were, who were really, really affected. Like
1: those people who actually predominantly yeah. Have, yeah. have live chicken. And yeah. it makes me feel like, are we... I mean, it's a good thing that we're so food secure. But yeah. it makes you, as a consumer, not even realise what, what that even means because we actually have stock. Like, we mm. don't see it. Mm. They, there's a hypothetical, oh, it's going to affect us, mm. but mm.
0: We're,
1: in reality, you don't. I didn't see it.
0: Mm. Mm. No, you're absolutely right. I think, I, th- I, th- I just think it's, it's too big, long. it's way mm. bigger than the regular consumer to to feel it. I mean, if we don't rely on, rely on that particular food that, that, like, if I don't care about wheat, then... It doesn't really affect us also, right? Mm. Like, you were saying, like, the mangoes thing. I think it comes... You were saying it might... You think it comes from... our oh, mangoes come from Thailand, right? I think so. I think so. But, either you know, it's like, if... It, there's there's this... I guess there's this distance between um where we are and where food security is. And mm. the scary thing for me is now it's just one place, one isolated place, another isolated... Mm. Maybe they are not that isolated, but we still have other sources. But what happens when every place is affected Yeah, you know? that's the scary part right
1: but also at the same time we are very disconnected from our food in because yeah. we, singapore we don't eat, really have a lot of chicken farms yes we don't really grow much of our yes, own food and exactly. even as urbanites you don't grow and i remember this anecdote i can't remember who told me this but one of someone's niece or nephew mm. asked oh they asked their niece or nephew like mm. oh do you know where chicken comes oh. from yeah. N-T-U-C. yeah, and the, the and the box. kids say N-T-U-C. Yeah. and
0: I'm like, chicken
1: comes from N-T-U-C? Like, yeah. oh my god,
0: it's weird like. I, I think as an I think you my thing is unthinkable, but like you know the other day I didn't even know that tofu comes from soybeans. <laughs> I seriously thought like like there was a gap in my knowledge. <laughs> Where does it come from? <laughs> I it comes to me. It comes <laughs> in that like watery pond of like tofu. So, but it, but it really is. It's real. Like people are like that because we have never grown. I've never grown. Like I like tomatoes. I've never grown with tomatoes, but I think I think getting that closer relationship mm. and that that this that more real yeah. relationship with food will help us understand a bit more. Like how much it took to have like that piece of of ingredient on your plate. Like, yeah. like you know what I mean like right now it's like oh well I have like my ayam bangang right my my nice like chicken it's just a chicken but it how long I didn't I don't even know how long it takes to like rear a chicken mm. the whole process of like feeding it how much water it needs how much land it needs that kind of mm. stuff but and, and 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 if we don't develop that we will never really know the importance of you just think of it as food either very very nice or like subs- substance yeah so now people will ask us okay then what what do we do right you tell me all these yeah. kind of things what can we do I think we just listed one which was I think get closer to your food I feel like that's the biggest one because that's the biggest one it's the biggest one but you feel like you're not doing anything yeah but it is very, I think it's very very important actually most of the biggest things you don't feel like doing, mm. is doing much mm. one because it's a mindset change I think that's that's always what I think like people like you and me will will ask for the most I feel yeah yeah yeah, and you don't want to have to do it because like you care about the environment you can do it because, like, you want it to be therapeutic or whatever. And you come naturally. I know some friends who, like, didn't really care about that. But then they did it just because they wanted a safe space that they can just, mm. like, um, like, be with themselves, like, physically. It doesn't, I mean, and not exercise, you know what I mean? Like, like a very, like, calm way to be with yourself. Yeah. And then from there, they, they start to care about food and, like, lean into, like, the whole yeah. environmentally, environmental sustainability aspect of it very quickly. That's true. Honestly, yeah. like,
1: I didn't care so much about food until I started to try to to, to, to grow basil mm. but the reason is because it's like okay, so when you're growing the, the basil right you expect you bring home the, the pot with the seedling mm. and then you know they promise not they la you assume that okay nah, i'm gonna keep this thing alive mm. and then you realize how hard it is to keep not mm. even to reproduce it but mm. just to keep it alive mm. like your soil has to be good your mm, mm, mm. i don't even know what what kind of sunlight <laughs> you put it in like things still die somehow every single plant that i've kept died
0: yeah exactly. i have a nice plant like on my table and it, and it recently died yeah I am d- yeah, it's hard It's damn hard It's damn hard And then can you imagine if the weather is being a bitch to you? Yeah, exactly Yeah, how the hell Are you going to do with that?
1: I don't know, man <laughs> I have no idea So yeah And then yeah. I feel like Once you know that Then you become so intimate To like, oh my god Actually, predictable weather mm. Makes a difference Like I've had to Save my plants mm-hmm. From heavy rain mm-hmm. Because it was going to drown mm-hmm. Or like Get mm-hmm. destroyed by the wind Yes yeah. Yeah. yeah And I feel like Once you understand that Then you start to realise How everything When things change yeah. Like She's going down. Like your rice is not gonna be able to be harvested on time or it's gonna be delayed.
0: Yeah. Something I wanna talk about, which is R and D. Because Mm. like I think just now we were saying that like um food system it's quite hard to change it, right? When it's like it's just the weather will come and then we see how we can deal with that but there's quite a lot of r&d going on to find like more resistant strains and 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 plants that can survive this like i guess it's our mitigation um strategy so to actually has this like special rice that they have developed um that can withstand like hotter temperatures and all that kind of stuff and they're growing it in a vertical farm you know the whole like land problem yeah i think that's kind of cool and they're like all these all these stuff out there that i think we can pay attention to you know, all this new 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 it's not just rice, right, there's like fish mm. and like all the vegetable, new tech and all that kinda yeah. stuff. We can all pay a bit more attention to them and then when they are ready to be in the market, you know, support them in 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 making sure that we still have like nutritious food down the line. Yeah. Personally,
1: when... I'm very skeptical mm, about Come tell me. Yeah. About like this kind of specially engineered mm. food. Mm. But it's scarier to me that we have to engineer something yeah. that would have to withstand weather yeah. changes. I think yeah. that is very scary. Why is it scary to you? What aspect of it? Is in scary that it feels very unnatural, but mm. unnatural weather conditions mm. are a part of I don't know living in the climate climate future. I guess. Mm. So if that is what it needs to become, yeah. then I see. as, okay, it's inevitable. We will have to eventually like find a way to 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 be okay with those things yeah. but it could be the new norm yeah,
0: yeah. no I agree with you I think I've, I've I think I forgot that I used to feel a bit sceptical at the beginning mm. I completely forgot about that until you mentioned that because I think I've been thinking about food for a while already when it comes to like the environment all that kind of stuff and there's this there's this chef that thinks about like what the new plate of food Mm. will look like you know but he's he's an american chef so his context is very american but for us like you know when you are at home what will your new plate look like in the next 10 years will it still Mm. be your vegetables you know what i mean will it still be rice vegetables and meat or will it be completely different because our realities have completely changed yeah 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 and i think i think i moved past that and and just accepted that we kind of have to do what we can. Will it be like crickets, you know, that like kind yeah. of people to talk about that?
1: Yeah, crickets or yeah. the other kinds of proteins, I, yeah. you know? There's also like just focusing more on foods that actually grow in your climate. Yes. Or exactly. things like perennials, like look to. I remember a chef telling me that you just to really think about climate change and food security. Mm. We also have to contend with the fact that our plates or our pellets will have to be adapted to. Eating foods that might not look like what you see on TV yes. or vegetables that might not be what you're familiar with yeah. in the Western context. It could be a completely random vegetable that's actually edible but it's not bok choy mm. and mm. grows well in tropical mm. climates. Yeah. So yeah. there was there's been a lot of talk about why not we learn how to make the most out of our Bobby locally food, yeah, yeah, our exactly. locally grown yeah. ingredients yeah. and not be so hard up on like kale or other kinds of vegetables that mm. you might be more familiar with, exactly, and that could mean that yeah, maybe your ch- your chicken rice will just have a different vegetable this time yeah. or next yeah. time, yeah. So that we don't rely on crops that would actually be
0: very difficult to grow mm. when things change. Mm. You're absolutely right, and I think it's not hard to do that to find local sources. I feel like the local farm scene, like the farmer scene, has been quite sh- quite good actually. You mean like, like the kinky kale. <laughs> kinky kale, kinky kale is great. <laughs> but like kinky Kill and like the fish farmers oh, and like yeah. a lot of like a lot i think Sustainia as well like all, all these different like um uh local farm i think they've been doing a really good job marketing themselves and it's nice that restaurants are also picking them up i know you you go to quite a lot of restaurants that like highlight local food right all that kind of stuff uh, no <laughs> <laughs> sorry i guess so but i know like labyrinth labyrinth had like, a really really cool menu I think they're still doing it okay. on like, yeah, and it's it's very nice. Like there's a whole artist, it's very artistic to me. If ah, you have a chance, I think you should go and check it out. Okay. Yeah, because they were using local ingredients. But yeah, that's something very easy to do, you know, like when the next time you go um, have dinner, choose like, you know, a local, mm. a local, a restaurant that uses local food. The thing I, I feel a bit happy about is that I think the the topic about food security or how like our food and the environment interacts have evolved a lot, have moved and evolve uh, a lot since I first learned about it I think it was like in a jog class where it was just like oh like we diversify our food sources that kind of stuff but now it becomes more dynamic and a bit more creative like all the stuff that you mentioned mm. you know like it's there's a bit of like um, soul in it in like changing how we eat and how we our lifestyles will be like and I, I'm quite happy for that yeah yeah. The Climate Cheesecake is brought to you by The Cheesecake Collective and powered by Artwave Studio you can find us on Instagram at Climate Cheesecake. Go follow us. To find out more about the references mentioned in this podcast, check out the Climate Cheesecake on Instagram, and additional links and references can be found on our website at artwave.studio/climatecheesecake.